Welcome to the Druids Grove, where we discuss all things related to Druids, their history, current day practices, and how to build a deeper connection and relationship with the earth. I'm so glad you're here. If you find what I have to share helpful, please subscribe and share with others that may enjoy it, and check the show notes for more information. Come on in, relax for a bit, and I hope you enjoy. Hello everyone, and welcome to the Druids Grove. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about deity in Druidry. Um, Deity is uh, about gods and goddesses and worship of uh, different deities. So depending on your perspective and your approach to your spiritual practice, this may be a sensitive subject or it may not. Um, So many people do choose to have deities in their practice. Uh, For some people, this helps them to kind of uh, step out of the the human uh, mundane world and to enter and engage uh, with the other world or the upper world of existence. And, and much like other spiritual practices and religions, uh, deities or gods and goddesses can provide a sense of stability and control which is outside of ourselves. Um, deities can kind of allow us to let go and to not have to feel like we need to try to control everything. You know, if we can assign different concepts um, or ideas to our deities, this helps us to kind of have a representation of this concept and to be able to connect to it. Uh, This can provide a sense of um, kind of an elevated spirituality, I guess. Uh, It can bring a sense of of reverence and and worship and kind of humbleness and humility to our spiritual practice. And having said that, there are other people that don't feel the need to engage with any deity um, or to have them present in their practice at all, and that's okay as well. In Druidry, there is no dogma. We've talked about this before. Um, So you can practice however you want to. You can have deities or not. You can have gods and goddesses that you talk to or worship or not. Um, But I will will get to the point where we will discuss um, some of the more common deities in Druidry. Um, most of them do stem from <clears throat> kind of a Celtic background, um, just based on that's where the Druids came from, of course. Um, but, you know, the term Celtic encompasses such a large area that, you know, within all of the Celtic pantheon, um, there exist deities even down to specific locations or even specific villages or towns. So <clears throat> it would be very difficult to... Um, cover all of these deities, if not impossible, really. So what I'll what I'll do and try to do is focus on a few of the most common deities in Druidry, and and kind of talk about them. And it's also important to note that there are usually uh, overlaps between different uh, pagan spiritual practices and Druidry regarding deities. So some gods and goddesses are shared amongst various practices as well. So along with the different deities that are out there, there are also various ways to approach working with the deities, different ways to interact with them. Um, You know, we can choose to see them as a specific god or goddess, such as in, you know, other spiritual practices and work with them in that way. Uh, For instance, um, you know, praying to them, giving them offerings, asking them for help or blessings, asking for healing and guidance and so on. And other people may treat deities as a type of ancestor of themselves or maybe an ancestor of place. And in this instance, uh, one can choose to speak to the deity upon entering the area or a region. 
asking for safety, protection, guidance, and helping helping them to see them. Help they can ask the deity to help help them see, be able to see this deity and develop a relationship with it, or to be present with them while they're in this space. And others may choose to see deity as kind of a metaphor and not an actual entity um, per se, but they will still pray to them, still speak with them, or commune with them as though they, they are. And in this way, uh, one can choose to seek guidance outside one's own kind of internal dialogue. Um, it's kind of difficult to explain, but it's almost as if they are, you know, putting it out into the universe rather than uh, holding it, you know, in themselves and being stuck with it themselves. So they're putting this their thoughts or their feelings or desires out into the universe with a specific goal or, you know, towards a specific concept or an idea. And, you know, sometimes just talking about things and putting it outside of yourself can help you to gain insight and clarity or to perhaps let go of something that's troubling you. And this, this would be a practical way to interact with uh, deities. And when working with deities, I've talked about this before, you can choose to have uh, many approaches. You can be monotheistic, duotheistic, polytheistic, pantheistic, panentheistic, or any number of, of ways that you want to. Um, you can have any number of gods or goddesses that you want to work with or, or deities that you want to work with. Some people work with one, others with two, um, others have hundreds or, or more. I mean, it's really up to the individual practitioner. And there are many ways that one can choose to work with deities. Um, perhaps people will set up a sacred space or an altar in their home to allow for kind of a, a liminal or transitional space and time where they go to this specific place to enter into communion and to kind of quiet their mind from the distraction of the outside world. At their altar they may have um, like a statue or a picture or a cloth or, or any kind of item that represents their deity to them. And this can also be a space to light a candle or to pray or to make offerings to your deity. And outside of an altar or a sacred space in the house or the home, um, we can do this any, anywhere in the world. Um, many people choose to work with the deity when they are in a time of need or when they are seeking peace or they want to calm the mind and the spirit. They may invoke or reach out or ask for their deity's presence and guidance, you know, in times of trouble or when, when seeking guidance or peace, wanting peace or to calm their mind or their spirit. They can go to places in the, in the wild, in the wilderness, and make offerings to their spirit or their deity of that, of that place, um, you know, just to show a sign of respect and to ask for uh, a positive interaction while, while they're visiting that place. For my practice specifically, um, I do have a little altar area. I have a statue of Bridget, and I have other items that remind me of those that I work with. Um, I have a necklace that is kind of has the symbol of the green man on it. And what this necklace reminds me of is uh, Kernunos. Um, he is the spirit or the god of of the wilderness, of nature, of hunting, of the woods. Um, so it's not specifically... A necklace depicting Kernunos, but it's the green man. So it kind of, for me, um, you know, when I feel it move under my shirt, I, I bend over, I reach for something, 
and I feel it push against my shirt or touch my chest, it briefly reminds me to immediately connect with my practice. You know, for a few seconds, I can kind of get a sense of peace and serenity uh, no matter where I'm at and what's going on in my day. I also work with the elements a lot, and, and a lot of people do this. So, um, though, you know, the elements are not really specific deities, um, but many people do work with them in this way. Uh, I ask for guidance and connection with them. Uh, on my altar, I have a small bowl, a feather, a rock. Um, I have a couple of different little rocks and stones, some pieces of wood, an acorn, uh, a candle. Um, and it's really, it's just a small shelf on the wall. It's maybe six inches deep and a foot wide. It's not really that big. Um, but these items, when I go to that little space in the corner, they connect me with something outside of myself. You know, I'm in this room in a house and when I approach these things and I think about them, it connects me to the outside world. It connects me to various planes of existences that I can remember that, that are there, but I, you know, as humans, we tend to forget about them. And I, it help, helps to pull me into that space and to try to connect with it. And I get up, get caught up in this kind of human-based, um, limited, you know, perception of the world around me. And when I see these things, I can develop a deeper, immediate connection to things outside of myself and out in nature and out in the other world. So in Druidry, we've talked about you can choose how you want to interact with the world around you. And you can also choose how you want to interact with your deity or deities. So many people, um, when they're out in nature especially, they can get into a kind of a meditative space or something. And they get these little hints or whispers from nature. Um, and people choose to, some people choose to see these as communications with their, their deity, their god or their goddesses, or the deity of place, or the deity of the elements, whatever it is that they're working with. So when out in nature, one may be meditating, or just in deep thought, or just walking peacefully, and thinking about things, or putting intentions out into the universe, or seeking guidance, and you might feel, for instance, a gust of wind, or you may hear a bird sing overhead. So, for instance, um, I was thinking about instances that I've had in my life. I was sitting under a cedar tree one day. I was doing a meditation. I had my back to the tree, and I was just kind of trying to feel the energy that was going back between us. And I was trying to connect to the environment, and I just reached out and I asked Kernunos. Um, he, again, he is the one of the gods of, of nature, of spirit, the god of the hunt, that kind of thing, of the, of the forest. And... I was trying to connect to nature in that space, and I asked Kernunos, I said, you know, is this is it okay for me to ask for this connection to this place? Is this okay? And I, I looked up, and I opened my eyes, and I looked up, and the sun was up above me, kind of on the horizon, and this, like, sh I heard a noise in the tree, and the shimmering dust, it was probably just dust or pollen or something like that, but it came down from the tree, and it was shimmering in the sunlight. And it, also at that exact moment, um, there were two crows, there was one to my left and one to my right, and the crows started cawing and, and kind of talking. And so all at once I had this shimmering dust reflecting in the sunlight that fell from the tree that I was sitting under, and two crows opposite of me talking to each other. So if, if I wasn't in this meditative, insightful, 
you know, contemplative headspace trying to connect with the deity, this could be just dismissed as kind of happenstance or, you know, just something that happened. Um, and, and maybe they were, um, but I can choose how I want to interpret these situations. So for me and for others um, in Druidry and, and many other spiritual practices, <clears throat> excuse me, these are just little glimpses into the world of deity. You know, we just have to be open and to pay attention to them. So what I'd like to do now is talk about um, some of the most common deities uh, or representations of deity found in Druidry. Again, some people can see them as actual entities that they connect with, while others see them kind of as a, maybe a metaphorical concept to connect with. So I'll start with um, Cardunos and Bridget. They are very commonly known in Druidry, and they are who I work with mostly. Um, Cardunos is a variation of the horned god, or the antlered god. And I mentioned before that there was a a, a metal bowl that was found that was dated back to B.C., era, I think a few hundred years BC, but it depicted a, a human-shaped form sitting cross-legged with, uh, he had antlers and there were animals all around him. And so um, they think that he was a representation of this horned god or a god of the forest. Um, if you've heard of Pan, P-A-N, uh, he is also another kind of god of the forest or forest spirit. And unfortunately, this is likely the representation of a god or god uh, deity that came to be seen as the devil in Christianity. You know, he represents uh, Cernunos or Pan. They represent nature, the animals, the hunt, the wilderness, you know, the life force of reproduction with spring and summer. And because the Druids worshipped nature, um, when the Christians came along by, by demonizing one of these main deities or concepts of deity that they worshipped, this led many people to persecute Druids because, you know, by worshipping Cernunos or Pan or the Horned God, they could be said to be worshipping the devil. So unfortunately, that that kind of concept still exists today. Um, you know, so that's just very unfortunate. But um, the other pers- uh, goddess that I work with is Brigid. Um, she is the goddess associated with Imbolc or Imbolc. Um, and the spring. So she is the goddess of creation, poetry, healing, blacksmithing, and fire. She can be used to inspire healing and creativity. She's kind of considered one of the most powerful deities in Celtic mythology. Uh, She's also considered a saint in Christianity. There's actually a a St. Bridget's Day that is celebrated in Ireland. And she's so popular in ancient Celtic times, you know, with the Druids that uh, when the Christians did come along and they started taking over the holidays and, and changing the meaning behind them, they had no choice but to uh, bring Bridget into their the Christian pantheon because um, they, they made her a saint because she was so important to the Celtic people and still is today. Another goddess is uh, the Morrigan, Morrigan, M-O-R-R-I-G-A-N. Uh, she is an Irish goddess who appears as a crow or a raven. She's associated with battle, warriors, prophecy, sovereignty, and otherworld power. She was seen as a tribal and territorial goddess, and she represented the land and the war. She represented the land and then also the war that was over that land uh, when people would fight for ownership or power. 
and she could choose who to either bring death to or who she wanted to protect from death. And she uses sorcery through magic, uh, shape-shifting into many forms. She can appear as a, a kind of a sexual figure and bring success and victory to those that she chooses to mate with. Or she can appear as the sexual figure to kind of seduce and bring demise to whoever she wanted to. She was represented as a, a triple goddess, but it's not like the typical um, maiden mother crone uh, trinity of the will of the year. Um, but again, we can kind of see the number three showing up again that we talked about in the symbolism, and which is common in many Celtic deities. Another common one is Rhiannon, R-H-I-A-N-N-O-N. Uh, she is a Celtic moon goddess. She's the goddess of fertility, rebirth, wisdom, magic, and transformation, as well as uh, beauty, beauty, artistic expression, and poetry. She is a Welsh goddess from the Mab Mabinogi stories. She is dressed in gold. Uh, she's seen depicted as riding a white horse uh, with singing birds kind of flitting around her. She is said to be worshipped in the forest under the moon with an altar made out of natural materials and, and, and animals kind of gathering around her. And what she teaches about is truth, perseverance, patience, and forgiveness. Another common deity in Celtic Druidry is Lu, L-U-G-H. Uh, he is a sun god of the ancient Celts, but he's also connected to the Welsh god Lu, L-L-E-U. And he is worshipped at Lunasad, which is a part of the Will of the Year, which is the harvest festival in August. Um, so we can see why he is connected to the Will of the Year. If he is the sun god, uh, he is connected with bringing forth the crops and, and helping things grow, and, and that's why he's celebrated at that time of the year of the harvest. <clears throat> Another goddess is Coventina. She's a goddess of wells and springs, and she represents abundance, inspiration, purification, new beginnings, and prophecy. And of course, we've talked about Caridwen. Uh, she is the goddess representing the Awen, and we've talked extensively about her and her her story and how she relates to Celtic Druidry as well. Um, you can also, if you choose to, you can approach various culture, cultures and kind of look at their pantheon of gods and goddesses. For instance, um, in Celtic, uh, sorry, in um, it's more specifically Irish, there's a, a Irish pantheon called the Tuath de Danann. I'm not saying that right, I know. T-U-A-T-H-D-E and then D-A-N-A-N-N, Tuath de Danann. And if you listen to podcasts or read books, you'll, you'll hear about this frequently, but it's, it's kind of a tribe of the goddess Danu, D-A-N-U. And again, this is the, the uh, Irish pantheon. And Lu also can come from this group as well, L-U-G-H, uh, as well as the Dagda, D-A-G-D-A. Um, he was the father to many gods and goddesses in this pantheon, and Brigid was one of his daughters. And there's also a more common one in within this pantheon is Manan. I'm going to say this wrong. Mananen Maclear. Uh, he is the god of sea and magic. And there are so many other gods and goddesses under this uh, Tuath de Danann uh, Irish uh, pantheon. So you can look those up as well. 
And then there's also, of course, the Welsh pantheon, which includes many deities. Um, Caradwyn that we talked about, she is under kind of the Welsh pantheon. And, and looking more broadly at connecting with deity, um, rather than a specific deity, some people worship kind of a concept of them. This is, seems kind of weird to think about, but uh, for instance, in the Maiden, Mother, and Crone presentation, you know, we talk about the Wheel of the Year, and we have the Maiden, Mother, and Crone, which is like spring, summer, fall. So some people connect with that aspect and kind of work with that as deity. Or the Kaliak, the the you know the old lady at the end of fall going into winter that represents this transition so some people will choose to work with the Kaliak about um, facilitating the death of old things and old ideas leading to rebirth and transformation of new things and new ideas so the premise here would be um, you know instead of humanizing a god or a goddess they are kind of represented by a concept or an idea or a symbol um, you know that we talked about, like in the in the wheel of the year, you can even kind of have this as a deity. You can work with each of the seasons, the spring, summer, fall, and winter representations, and build a connection with them as well. There's also a variety of different pantheons, gods, goddesses, and concepts you can build a relationship with. Um, but the way you can do it also varies. You can do this through meditation, divination, prayer. Uh, just asking for guidance, uh, making offerings, or just simply trying to feel outwardly or feel inwardly for a connection. So when I did my Druid initiation ceremony in the woods, I was out in the forest in this kind of steep valley. There was a light dusting of snow on the ground. I I walked back maybe um, a mile into the woods um, and kind of took a a detour off a trail, and there was this beautiful valley with a, a, a downed tree laying directly horizontal across this valley and I was like this looks like a beautiful almost like an altar just in the middle of the woods here and so that's where I decided to do my initiation and so I went out there with all I took was a candle and some intentions and my intentions that I had for report and everything but in my mind I had read a little bit about deities but not very much Um, and before I started the ceremony I meditated for a few minutes I just sat on a rock and I just started thinking and meditating and asking for guidance and I asked the forest, the forest for guidance, and I asked for um, a connection that would help me on my journey through Druidry. And in my meditation, I saw a female and a male approach me. And the male kind of had a very natural, uh, physical, powerful energy, um, very connected with like the woods and the animals. And the female was kind of a gentle, loving, encouraging, supporting, but also very strong in her will kind of presence and these were in my mind I didn't I didn't actually see these things in the woods but as I was sitting there meditating I I just I just felt this presence and that's what I envisioned and so during the ceremony the 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 idea of Kronunos and Bridget popped into my mind as I was doing the ceremony and I thought that's it this is this is my connection and you know many people when they're starting on their journey in Druidry they'll have an experience like this uh, they may feel a specific entity or deity come forefront in their mind and reach out to them, or it may be just like a subtle energy or a, a feeling or a presence, and it may not even be identified as something specific, but just an idea or a concept. You know, it could be even pre- present itself in the form of you may feel like you are just alone 
you know, you're in the forest or wherever you are doing a meditation and you feel like you're alone, but then out of nowhere, um, you feel an energy or you see a face or you just have a thought. In, in Druidry, it's very important to be aware of these subtleties um, because they this is the universe kind of talking to us. Um, you know, whether the seed thought or the idea of this god or goddess or deity has been planted, you know, in the past or whether it's a, a new exposure to this, this entity, uh, we need to pay attention to that because it's there for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. You know, and if we... If we have these experiences and we tend to ignore them, we kind of get stuck in our humanistic pattern of thinking. Uh, we are closing ourselves off to the energy around us. Um, so you may be reaching out to a specific god or a goddess or an energy or deity or whatever, and you might feel emptiness like nothing is there. You may not get a response, and it's okay to keep trying, but it's also okay if you want to stop trying to reach out to a specific deity. I know other other people have told stories where they are trying to connect with one deity and then another just popped up out of nowhere in their mind or kind of in their soul, you know, deep within them, in their, in their kind of deep sense of being. And some people will even have a vision or hear a voice. Um, you know, they may have a vision in their mind or some people have said they, they see figures and shapes out in the woods. When they're out in the woods, they see things. And of course... You know, this all sounds like, uh, you know, it's on the verge of psychosis, um, you know, that that people are crazy. But, but billions of people in mainstream religions have these same experiences, but they just have a different name for their deity. So something to kind of talk about here, um, just because you're a pagan or you may be considering becoming a pagan or a druid, um, just because you're connecting with a different energy or a different deity it doesn't make it any less real or relevant or appropriate for you. So don't let others dissuade you from your own spiritual guidance and from your own spiritual practice. You know, the more, the more that we um, as pagans kind of continue to hide in the shadows and to, you know, do our practice privately, um, you know, at the fear of being ridiculed and persecuted, the more we continue to hide this and not be open about our beliefs and our feelings, the more restricted and constrained we become. It's it's odd, you know, I find it odd that in some areas and some cultures, it's completely okay to worship certain deities. Um, but if you go to another country or even a different area in your own country, you might be ridiculed or mocked for your beliefs. You know, for instance, in in the UK, there are, you know, you've got all these different countries within this group of islands and they all have different beliefs about different deities so it's pretty interesting um you know and even kind of globally uh with the with the internet now we have this expanding communication and exposure to different belief systems practices so this this ridicule and persecution is becoming less common in in more civilized developed countries um, but it's unfortunately it does still exist um, but people are being, people are open to being more, you know, quote, tolerant um, of others' beliefs, which is really kind of an unfortunate word. Um, you know, when you think about being tolerant of others, means that you still feel that your belief system is the right one, but you will tolerate other people's different beliefs. So it's kind of an unfortunate way to look at it. Um, 
it's a it's a step in the right direction, um, but a better option or way to look at it may be just to accept and embrace other people's diverse beliefs. And it doesn't mean that you have to change your beliefs. It just means that you are encouraging others to find what works for them, and you support each other on you know on your spiritual journeys. If we quote you know tolerate other people's beliefs and worship practices practices, there is still this sense of kind of discord or disagreement that can lead to, um, you know, resentment or punishment or retribution or ridicule. And I'm sorry to get on a soapbox about it, but it is, you know, we are pagans and unfortunately we do face a lot of discrimination in a lot of different places. That's In other countries it's more accepted, but especially where I'm at in the United States, it's it's not very common. So, you know, in this in this brief little topic here, it's important to take away from this section on deity that there are a variety of deities out there. <clears throat> and as a druid, you can choose how you want to worship, even if you want to at all. You don't have to have any deities, um, but you can choose your deity. You can work with one or many. You can have them be in a human form or the form of an aspect of nature or an element or an idea. And it also doesn't even have to be named. There doesn't have to be a name to it. It can be as simple as you know, the spirit of the forest, or spirit of the mountain, or the spirit of the sea, whatever you want it to be. And there's no dogma in Druidry. Um, So you get to choose who and how you worship, or commune with, or connect with, or communicate with any deity of your choosing without punishment or ridicule. And it's really interesting. Um, I've listened to some other podcasts and, you know, watched some YouTube videos, that kind of thing. But it's really fascinating to hear Druids talk about this subject or even other pagans so one one may say something like you know quote i really connect with bridget due to blah 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 you know and then another the other person might say i like bridget as well but i feel drawn towards the morrigan or the morrigan you know and then the, the conversation may evolve to both of them asking questions about the other's deity and how they connect with them and what do they represent you know what does your spiritual practice look like how how, how is your god or goddess or deity important in your life? And then so, you know, in situations like this, both people can kind of walk away having learned more about other deities and other options. And both of them or whoever's in the conversation can be uh, exposed to new ideas, uh, new aspects of themselves that they perhaps haven't explored. You know, this allows for kind of a an openness and an exploration rather than following this very dogmatic practice of only worshiping or connecting to one deity and only having one prescribed um, format of religious or spiritual experience. And, and partly that's, you know, that's another reason why I'm doing this podcast is to kind of get these ideas out to people that may be interested in it and to kind of kind of normalize the, the concept of being interested in alternative um, spiritual practices. So, and it just happens to be that I'm connected with Druidry, and there's, you know, of course, there are so many others out there like this, but Druidry specifically also allows for um, a hugely diverse group of deities to connect with. Um, if you're interested in it, um, worshiping or working with deity, it's, you know, it's not a requirement for being a Druid, but if you're interested in it, get out there and explore them. Um, read about the other deities. Look into what they represent. Look at how you can connect with them. Look at the environments that they're present in. Which environment do you enjoy being in and how do you feel like you can connect with them? 
Um, you know, learn their mythology stories, read fiction books about them, uh, read about other people's experiences with them. Um, you know, look up a god or a goddess or a deity and type it into your podcast player and see what's out there. There's a lot of lot of cool stuff out there. Um, maybe, you know, ha- meditate or just sit in silence and ask the universe for guidance and kind of be open to, you know, the whispers of the universe um, that will come to you and, and provide direction to you. You know, maybe your god or goddess is out there waiting for you. They're waiting for you to open up and connect with them. You just have to be open and ask for it. So um, I hope this has been helpful. Um, hope it has not offended anyone. Um, someone once told me, uh, don't apologize for your beliefs and don't say you're sorry. <laughs> so um, I guess culturally we're kind of, some of us uh, that are not in the mainstream, um, you know, religious practices are kind of looked down upon and uh, some of us are made to feel like we shouldn't stand out and we should not we should apologize for who we are. And I, I don't feel that's appropriate at all. I think that this world is so vast and so interesting and so old and culturally there's so much to explore that I just want to encourage you whatever you're interested in um, get out there and and look for it and do some research and exploration you know many people come to come to kind of paganism to get away from the concept of deity because perhaps they were brought up in a very strict religious environment and told that you can only worship or connect with deity in this one way and they come to paganism looking to separate from that but um, having a relationship with deity can be such a deep and profound um, experience for many people and and I just want you to know that it doesn't have to be done the way that other people have always done it you don't have to do what your parents did or your friends do or your community does you can have your own spiritual practice and you can develop your own relationship with your deities and you can you can develop your own practice and your own connection so get out there explore learn read try to try to reach out into the universe and see what it has to tell you so thank you for listening thank you so much for joining in at the druids grove i thoroughly enjoyed sharing this time and information with you i hope you learned something and are inspired to build a connection to the earth and the world around you if you liked what was shared please feel free to give back at buy me a coffee Join me on Substack, where I have transcripts, or listen on YouTube, and find the group on social media. For more information, check the show notes. I'll see you in the Grove. Until next time.